0: rocking chair sessions with Elisa, with Elisa, Elisa, Elisa Di Battista Maria, Maria Teresa, Teresa Barber Hello everyone! And welcome
1: to another RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 140, with Deputy Director for the Doral Contemporary Art Museum, also known as DoraCam, Christopher Baraki. Welcome, Christopher.
2: My pleasure, lady. Thank you for having me. Hi, Christopher. Thank you for sitting
1: with us. We're excited to be here in um, Rocking Chair Sessions once more. We've had to postpone it for a while, Um, but we're so grateful that you were able to... Take the time out of a very um, unusual period, I think, for the rest of the nation. We're doing our first digital recording of RCS Rocking Chair Sessions. Normally they take place at the Wynwood um, Bakehouse Art Complex, B- the BAC. Um, but today you're meeting us from Doral. So thank you for that.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, well, it's wonderful to be here with you. It's like I said, I, it's been a while since I see you ladies. So <laughs> it has to be kind of like a, like a distance hello and then until next time. Air hugs so. for all. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wanted to just jump in, actually, because we've interviewed um, different people at this point. You're our 140th um, session, as we've said, and um, different people wearing many different hats. And you're one of the ones that has several um, you're a director and deputy of jor Contemporary Art Museum. You are an administrator at um, Florida International University for the art and art history program. Um, also, you've done cur- curatorial work, and you're also an artist. So I want to give you the option of picking one of the ones you want to approach today since it's oh so my. unusual. <clears throat> yeah, oh which my. ones do you want to jump into first today?
2: Um, you know, I think, I think we should start with the, um, the museum. And okay. just kinda since it's kind of it relates to what's happening right now with um with everything going on in the world mm-hmm. and some of the changes, you know, it's it's a it's a museum that's in the works that's coming to the city of Durrell. And with the changes like everybody else, or the nonprofits, all the artists, or the organizations that are happening, you know, with the coronavirus and you know, we're having to also real time make changes and adjust what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an interesting conversation to kinda have, um, To start, yeah, and then of course we can talk about everything else. You know, I'm happy to, you know, talk whatever you ladies want.
0: How is it that
1: you feel? Oh, sorry, Maria. First, no,
0: I I agree. I feel like for 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 museums, especially, it's also like a really difficult time to think about how can we offer still, you know. Uh, art to people without having actually the building, right? Um, mm-hmm. wh- and how are we gonna do that? And and Doorcam is a museum that is just starting out, right? That is just trying to raise probably a lot of money and trying to get all these, um, you know, supporters that are needed to run a museum. So uh, please jump right in. I think that's really really important for people to know how you're handling well, the situation.
2: Well, you hit it on the nail. That's exactly where we're at. You know, we. At this point, well, the way we have been working is we, because we didn't have the brick-and-mortar location because we're starting out, we were doing satellite programming. So we would do programming throughout the city, but primarily in the city of Doral. And it, was, it was different exhibitions and kind of creating a sense of the kind of programming that we would offer as a museum. Mm-hmm. Our mission is based on the art and industry. So think of like, kind of like a Bauhaus model where architecture, design, all the visual arts, performing arts, everything put together. And not really a collecting museum but more of a kunsthal model where it's experimental and the programming is is rotating and allows for artists this freedom to kind of play maybe even get out of the traditional work right um but because we don't have the physical space at this moment and now with all, everything that's happening you know we've had to kind of real time like literally these last couple of weeks like everybody else we've had to kind of look at it and say okay so what can we offer we're a small team you know we were we had to change our plans and look at the resources that we have mm-hmm. we had already been thinking about some uh, like digital initiatives to include more 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 digital work so video work uh, vr you know kind of like um, just kind of open up to that that part of the artist production right now and so it, it almost feels like well this mm-hmm. is a time to really take advantage of that idea we had and actually bring it into, into the present right now as opposed to kind of like the near future, right? And I think where we are right now as an institution is, and I was talking to everybody about this, is that we need to start to also become a source of information for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. A lot of the organizations are already doing that, and there's no reason why we also can't also do the same thing. And if we repeat information, that's perfectly fine because maybe somebody saw it, maybe they didn't.
1: Exactly. You know? It's about putting the information out there. Mm-hmm i think you hit it on the head it has to do with um what is the purpose of a museum to educate to teach the public um and how better to um achieve that than the distribution of information whether they find it on um, your museum's website or they visited the artist directly but all the exhibitions that you have done that's a source of wealth of information that you guys could provide on your website and say, hey, these are the artists that we did for this show. You weren't there. This is what it looked like. This is, you know, to keep them engaged, but also not reduce the importance of what you guys are doing, even though there's not an actual physical space. It's a, a digital um, mm-hmm. space for now. So I think that's a... Um, a a reality that you're seeing as a museum. And I think Maria mentioned the PAM is doing that as well. They're doing more digital initiatives. So you're on the brink of what the other institutions are doing as well in order to maintain the public impact.
2: And it's funny because, um, like I said, we we had kind of discussed this already, and this is one of the initiatives that I I proposed, and I wanted to kind of spearhead myself. Um, So now it's definitely, like I said, it's something that was supposed to be in the near future. Now it's present. and so. You know, we're looking at, all right, how are other institutions around the world doing it since it's it's something you can share and you yes. can distribute. Mm-hmm. So and what's affecting affecting us right now is affecting everybody. Right. Like it's around the world. So I think it's kind of an interesting time and you know, it's a scary time, of course. And, you know, everybody has to be careful and stay safe. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, my my parents live with me, so they're they're older, they're in their 70s, and so they're in that bracket where there's danger. So, you know, we all have to kind of be careful but somehow still continue doing what we do. Um, But I think it's a good time anyways for artists to kind of, um, you know, jump to the forefront like they have been doing. Innovate. And so, you know, I think we're kind of built for that, you know? I think we're built for it. And we're a little easier about communicating with each other. I think we just have to be careful to make sure that our ideas remain with the artists, and then become, you know, like, uh, like another company's kind of like innovation. You know what I mean? Like oftentimes it happens, but but um, like I said, I think it's good, and I've been communicating with other other museums, other curators, other artists, you know, friends that we have around the world, um, and just kind of trying to like like dig information. Like, hey, guys, what do you see? What's happening? Part of it is to check in on them, of course, and the yeah. other part is to kind of pick up tools, you know, and advice. And so, I think it's going to be a, an important turning point for us, you know, and timely. So. But,
0: yeah, I think yeah. I think I mean every every bad situation sometimes also has a, have, has like a silver lining, right? And I feel like for museums, sometimes it's hard to carve out time to build this digital platform, you know, because. Mm-hmm. And I, even for big big, big institutions like the PAM, you know, because there's always so much going on. There are so many events to be dealt with, you know, so many exhibitions to open. And sometimes the, the digital realm, you know, is kind of like, I know for the teaching artists also, it's sometimes on the back burner. You know, it has to come, but it's always kind of like, yeah, we can take our time with it. Like, and now it's yeah. really like, no, now this has to happen now, you know. And I think like... All the different programming, digital programming that that are going to be developed now are going to enhance and enrich also the future, you know, and it's going to it's going to help us in the future that we have to really dig in now. So I I see it like that, you know, I see like, um, yeah, this is going to this is going to be be this is gonna this is a time to focus, a time to come inward and the time to be also still in some way, you know, but ooh, find ooh. the find the ways where we can move still, you know, even even if it's like very Absolutely. limited. And I feel like uh, um I know that um there was like this one teacher at SFAI um who was also always saying like it's sometimes it's good to have limitations you know because you you develop the creativity there there is like a push towards being creative when you have Sorry. limitations sometimes they can spark some something you know so i feel like um of course for a smaller situ- uh, a smaller institution or like a starting out institution it's much much harder to be forced to do that right now you know but maybe it also can uh you know enhance your reach or your 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 profile in the future you know Mm -hmm. but
1: also help assert the base because i think being challenged um in the beginning will help decipher how you um ascertain certain situations going into like going forward and i think that this um moment for for specifically feel door cam is is not as challenging as it might be for um even more beginning institutions, because I, I feel that um, looking at what you've done in the past with other exhibits, which I, we'd love to discuss that as well, is that you are um, an innovator in the sense that you have been working globally with other nations. You have been um, cross-pollinating with other curators um, from other parts of the world in terms of exchange of information. So... Um, discussing the museum with that in mind, can you tell us about a few of these programs that you have developed with um, people from other places globally that mm-hmm. will help also enrich and keep DoorCam strong?
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, the um, I think uh, I'll start with one thing, which okay. it's uh, in relation to the current conversation. It's interesting because I think there's definitely going to be a spawn of new work, of course, like always, right? And it's sort of this paradigm shift. Like, there's, I think we've all we've already been reflecting on on the environment, right? We've been reflecting on t- technology, both good and bad, about it. Um, and so they they've come to to kind of like to the forefront right now. And even this this conversation about our our distance, right, and not proximity. Um, like I mentioned that um, you know I've been kind of enjoying being outside in my backyard a little bit more now. And it's fascinating how it's almost like a return to like, nature in a way, right? Yeah. So there's, there's several things that are happening at once, but um, in relation to the programs that we've been doing, um, you know, one relationship that we have that's very strong is we built a relationship with Alicante, Spain, and that's an example of an exchange. You know, not only have we exhibited over there, but the idea is to have, have artists come here and so we've done that. We brought their works, right? Mm-hmm. And that has been um, kind of like an, uh, a test, if you will, a pilot for what we are where we're going to be doing going forward. Which is for us to for us to build the museum. We have to attract creative talent to Doral, right? Yeah. Because there's kind of a concentration on the eastern side of the county, and so we're bringing this activity to the western side of the county. <laughs> And so we have great support from the city of Doral. We have great support from the county itself because of that, because we're bringing this activity up that way. Making it but, spread. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the idea is, how do you do that? Well, you have to transform the perception of the area and turn it into an art center, if you will, a magnet, right? And the way you do it is you, you invite artists you know, and all kinds of creators, well, curators, writers, to start to think of it as a home base to operate. And so one of the things that we were implementing was actually called Made in Doral, which is this idea of um, artists doing kind of a a residency, if you will. So initially, at first, it wouldn't be a living residence because, you know, we're starting out, but it would be a residency. So we start with local artists and then the artists from Alicante, Spain, they would come and vice versa. Then we would send artists to Alicante. And so that kind of a model, you know, where it's it's small, it's manageable, but it's kind of baby steps as it builds and grows. Yeah. You know, and so that's an example of that. Um, like I mentioned, the conversations that we're having is well, we've worked a lot with um, the New Media Festival. Where we did a lot of, you know, digital works, and you know, you ladies participated in that exhibit. Oh,
1: it's so great! Thank you for having us. Yeah.
2: No, oh, no, my it, it's it's my honor, it's my pleasure. You yeah. know, and but that's an example. You know, that's a full international show, and the work is able to travel. So if maybe the artist can't, the work travels, and therefore the conversations that you're having on the other side of the world also kind of come over here and they, they kind of mingle, right? They kind of become one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one program that we have as, uh, as a pillar, it's called Women of Vision. And so it comes down to advancing, you know, women in the arts, leadership, and business. In you know, starting in Dural, because we're based in Dural, of course, but in truth, it really spreads to anywhere and everywhere. And so we try to have programming that um, highlights women, whether the creatives, for their directors, um, well, the business leaders and kind of, kind of support them that way. You know, we just had um, we just had our a big public public art talk. Yes. And um, you know, Dr. Carol Damon was the the panel uh, moderator, and we had uh, Leanne Leanne uh, Bosque from you know was so, so a Brazilian artist. We had uh, Carola Bravo, mm-hmm. also a local artist who got awarded um, a public art piece in Doral. Oh, that's awesome. That we, that we help facilitate. Uh, we had Carrie Phillips. Carrie! And, and of course, Amanda <laughs> Sanfilippo from, mm-hmm. from oh, the yeah, Culture
1: First.
2: And that conversation was about uh, public art and women in public art, but also really about accessibility of art, right? So making artwork accessible and accessible as in it's, it's in a public space, it's in a public sphere.
1: Every day.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are kind of like, like the brief examples, really, of the kind of work that, we're, that we've been doing While well, we don't have a physical location. You know? mm-hmm.
1: And that's a lot of programming when you think about it. I mean, Maria and I mentioned all this. I, I feel like every episode, it takes so much to put something together, <laughs> all these emails, all this paperwork. There's so much administrative work that goes into organizing people from, let alone Miami, to all over the planet, like you've been contacting international artists. Um, how is it that you decided to start this like when did you think you know what Dural needs an art scene it shouldn't just be with the Wynwood downtown Miami midtown area Miami Beach dream Basel let's do something here in Dural when did that spawn for you
2: Ooh, well that's kind of an interesting story like uh you know my um my MFA thesis right like I studied my undergraduates in sculpture and I I grew up in the arts um, and so I went into sculpture, that's what I did. And then, you know, my work was kind of, and um, still is influenced by uh, kind of architectural elements, right? The materials that I use, the structures, the use of space. And, and because of that, my MFA thesis kind of, it became about, because I did a curatorial practice MFA. And my thesis was about alternative art spaces and kind of cultural production and this kind of coalescence of art and industry. And so I'm already telling you I'm a big like, big nerd when it comes to like all these art movements, and alternative art spaces. And you can imagine when I say that art museum is going to be this experimental space, it's not going to be a collective museum. You can already picture kind of like PS1 when it first started, you know, and the new museum and these kind of movements, right? So, of course, these are the places that I, you know, I worship, right? So, um, so because of that, um, you know, my good friend, Marcelo Lovett, was um, one of the founders of the museum. He, um, you know, we were kind of talking one time, and I was telling him some of the frustration that I had, because, you know, because I, I do work for the for the university and do wonderful things for FIU, but, but sometimes you're limited by the needs of the department, and you have to stay within that's that's what you have to do. It's feasible. That's perfectly fine. But at the same time, I have a freedom to do my independent work. And and I can always marry the two, which I do. I still, and you know, I do that very much. And I'm very fortunate that way. Um, but because of that, I was talking with him and I was like, you know, I kind of feel like I, I want to play a little bit, you know? And so he had, he had concrete space that was his gallery in Doral. And it was really his office that he turned into a gallery space, right? And, you know, it he was like, man, you know, the owner of this block um, has some other spaces as well. And, you know, I think we could kind of you know, kind of talk, and We're just, just two troublemakers, just having a conversation. Let's put it that way. You know, you, somebody should, have, somebody should have stopped us. You no, know, some, some supervision should have been in play. You know,
1: everything so, starts with a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you know that that became that became the birth of what we called art and industry movement. And we decided we said, well, you know what? So how about if you know we talk to them and we we create another gallery space mm-hmm. in the other warehouse, right? And it was a tile company, which is called Kurt Tiles. And he said, all right, great, fantastic. I love it because, you know, as a as a company, I work with architects, interior designers, and I want to work more with artists. I said, fantastic. So we, we went from, you know, kind of this crazy idea to actually two gallery spaces We're a block apart, like literally down the same avenue. And the idea was... You know, Marcelo's space was this concrete space, would be more of a polished, finished kind of space. And then uh, Kerr Art and Design Gallery would be kind of this, this project space, this, you know, this place it could be messy and, and, and crazy. You know, like I said, again, going back to the things that I love, right? And, and that's what we did. And then we started activating it, and the idea was, well, we'll make an art district in Doral. It has all the elements. There are, there's fabrication, there's materials. You know, a lot of times artists have to kind of come and shop out there, anyways, or in Hylia or in Medley, and we're all within this kind of space and they have these fantastic warehouses. And um, so well, let's do it. And sure enough, it took off. You know, we exhibited hundreds of artists. Had, you know, thousands of people come by, which was crazy because people were like, "Why you know." Where is this? Where are you guys? You know? What
1: year was this? What year was it, the first opening officially?
2: We started, um, 20... I started with him 2017. Concrete Space has started a little bit before that.
1: We started RCS 2017. Happy three-year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so July... And I can actually tell you, it was July 1st, because we, we... This is how things happen. This is typical, right? Like, how, how we work. We improvise and we make gold. Totally. Um... You know, he was telling me, look, I have a, I have a show that I'm going to open up in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks being July 1st. And I said, well, you know, the owner of the space said, sure. So I said, you know what? All right, that gives me a couple of weeks to put together a show. So I called up all, you know, the usual suspects, all the old friends. And that's how we kicked it off. And we had hundreds and hundreds of people turn out. And we've been very fortunate that we've had a great audience every time. And this idea of the museum... Was kind of like a little dream Marcelo's had. Like he was kind of just like this, keeping this, this vision of like um, so he's like, man, you know, like what if in the future? And we were thinking like God, five, ten years, you know. But, you know, like, he kind of let it out into the universe, and the universe replied back, yes. And the city of Dural, you know, made the proclamation that same year in November, and we've been running ever since. And we quickly switched from the gallery programming into the museum. So. As of last year, we, you know, we, we shut down one of the galleries, other you one know, we kind of left it and it's like smaller, more longer running programming, you know, um, but the focus is the museum and that's really, really the focus right now. And that's where we've been, like, that's how it happened. And of course, because like I said, we're, we both love the same thing, you know, architecture, the Bauhaus, like the same stuff. Like we can talk, we go gaga over the same things, you know. And, uh, and of course, the founders of the museum um, is Marcelo Lovel, um, Dr. Flor Mayoral, um, Ingrid Rockefeller of the Rockefeller family, and then, of course, the executive director that came in, Jorge Luis Gutiérrez, who was actually based here in Miami for some time. He was over at the, um, the Miami Museum, the Art and Design Museum, which now is the... You know arena is managing that but he was there when it when it became that in the miami dade gallery system and then of course me it became you know like the fifth the fifth wheel spare tire i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so you know we've been adding people uh you know little by little you know we have uh legal advisors financial advisors um you know we work very close with the business business district and we kind of keep good relationships with specific artist groups locally that you know, we can kind of, like, just brainstorm and power, you know, change ideas with. A key member that we have with the group is Dani Tapia. You know, they, you know her from Art 365
1: 365
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she's, you know, she does the communications and the community engagement for us. And she's fantastic, you know. And so we all kind of brought our talents together. And it just turns out to be that we had the same kind of crazy dream, you know and just, we've just been stirring up trouble out west for a while now. I think that's
0: amazing, yeah. It just shows anything yeah. possible. Right, Maria? Yeah, it's really... Uh, I, I also feel like it's it's really interesting how that sometimes happens, that people just come together, right? People at the right moment, mm-hmm. and then it just doors open up, you know, and you do, do all those crazy things you never thought you would do, right? But yeah. uh, I just want to also, like, um, tell... Our listeners, that uh, this event that you put together—it was like a, an incredible event with performances, live performances, and video, and uh, it was like in this industrial setting as well in Doral, right in the uh-huh. business district, or and. I think that is such that, and from from the beginning, like when you started also also the gallery, my husband was in one of those earlier shows, mm-hmm. I believe, and he, I thought he was just he so. Was he was in the first he, one, right? Yeah, he so I was the, I one. was there, <laughs> and I thought it was always so interesting to see art in like this industrial context, you know, to see, you know, with the warehouses and with um, also when you did the film screenings, they were like, um, you know, on top of those. Um, kind of garage door like uh, <laughs> how do you call those those roller thingies exactly that exactly yeah, like so that. It's, garage it's, doors yeah like yeah. a garage door right that for businesses you know it's kind of but mm-hmm. industrial businesses have that and then of course big shout out to Eddie P- Pena Phil did I say yeah. that right? And I think he, his his video his, uh, video piece was a commission, right? For for this big, huge wall, um, two walls, yeah. um, but also the size of it. You know, you just don't really get that in a in a more residential setting. Yeah. It's because it was like this industrial setting, this giant wall. It was just like fantastic, you know. Then yeah. um, Sandra, I believe, was it Sandra? Port, no it was was Bertel? it Sandra Portal mm-hmm. was performing right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then also um a yeah, former Jahaira. colleague Jahira from the Pam mm-hmm. she's at FIU no yeah, no yeah. uh, and Roxana Barba as sorry. well yeah. like I, like those yeah. amazing performances where i feel yeah. like we do have the performance festival with uh, Charo Oket every year mm-hmm. in Miami, but also in, uh, well, in Alapada now, right? From She moved from, like, the design district or, you know, design district before and now it's in Alapada. But I feel like it's so important, like, especially video and our performance oh, art so in Miami is still fairly underrepresented because also like a lot of the gallery spaces you know are like these traditional gallery spaces are like maybe sometimes too small or like you know limiting but I I I feel like uh, you know the amount of just the amount of space that you had to put this uh, festival together was like pretty incredible you know it was also like very um you know, the amount of work also, like Elisa said, you know, we know, we know, we put shows together for rock just as we know, we appreciate what you did, you know, and it was, it was very impressive what you, what you put together. And I just wanted to give you a shout out for that as well. Yeah. And, incredible.
1: Yeah. It starts well, off with a dream, but then lining up all the little ducks in a row is, takes a lot of effort. It takes yeah. a lot of effort yeah. for
0: oh, sure. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Lady. You know, it's, but you know, you can't do it. You can't do it by yourself. Like no. you have to have, um, the community. And so when I say community, you know, we, we can come up with this crazy idea. And oftentimes I, you know, I, I can't tell everybody somebody, we have to learn to say no to each other. Like as another, words, like, like when we say, you know, let's do five, no, let's do 50, let's do a thousand. All right. You know, it's like we, okay guys pump the brakes. We understand. You
1: know? yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. But,
2: but all these crazy ideas wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the willingness to collaborate. Like you have to, Like you have to support each other. And so, you know, where we are now as a as a museum is exactly that. It's like we've we started off uh, you know, like every like everyone, almost like a like a favor, you know, like hey, you want to be in the show? Could you be in the show? But now at this point, it's like okay, now it's time to start thinking about what operating model we have so that not only do we do we function, but we support and we give back to the artists so that the artists are, are paid, if we can commission their work, if we can provide them with, you know, some sort of support. So you have to, you kind of have to, you know, give back and exchange and support each other back and forth, you know. So, um, <clears throat> you know, when, I mean, you know how it is. Most of us either, we either work for an institution, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or we kind of have to, we pick up, I don't know, like, uh, jobs. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but we're always, we always gravitate around the same thing and we, we're a community that way. And so that's why when you are, when you're, when you, when you maintain good relationships, right. You, you, you find yourself working a lot more and you, you know, you, it's just, it's really kind of like a networking friendship. And the bakehouse is a perfect example of that you have a fantastic community, yeah. right. And you can kind of go next door and talk to somebody and, and sometimes it feels like, oh, that's just, yeah, okay, you're bored, you want to talk. But really, it's that exchange of ideas and, you know, they're bouncing back and forth that it's it's a wonderful resource, you know. And for us, like you mentioned about the ministry part, if we, you know, if we didn't have good relationships, you know, we'd, we'd be buried in paperwork and we'd kind of be out of touch. But it's that conversation we have to keep back and forth and stay in touch with everybody um, so that, you know, we know what's going on and, and and back and forth, you know, like everybody knows what we're doing. We can kind of collaborate. Like you just, you have to really treat it like, um, you know, I don't know, I'm going to use the phrase, but you know, like I say, it takes a village, right? To to raise a, a child. Well, it takes a village to raise a museum, you know.
1: I tell Maria that all the time. We wouldn't function if it weren't for our, our village. Like it, it's what keeps mm-hmm. us going. It's the support system that we have here in, in South Florida that I've, I mean, I've, I've only lived in one other place, which was New York City. And it's it's a little it's a lot more difficult there since it's such a large village. It's a jungle. Um, but here it's it's still it's still doable in that you reach out to somebody like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this or I got that. Or I know somebody let me put you in contact with. Oh, I don't photograph, but I'll send yeah, you a list yeah, of photographer absolutely. friends. They'll, they'll be great for your show where you refer mm-hmm. people. And there's still that kind of com- camaraderie yeah. um, that exists. Um Talking about the working with a city, um, how do you feel that um, going forward um, and also previously, like the support that you've 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 seen from the city of Dural' Because I feel like Wynwood has embraced at this point, like, oh yeah, we love the arts because it brings us so much. Um, how was it when you first approached Jor-El, um to work with you as a, a museum for starting, and how do you feel that they've supported um, your programming um, thus far?
2: Well, I think like everywhere, right? I think the city, of are was when we started as, as just kind of galleries and we started inviting them to the shows, you know, at first, like everything, they're you know, you're kind of like, what are these, what are these, what are these guys doing out here, you know? Um, but we, they quickly embraced us, like to be honest with you, they quickly embraced us and we also made it a point to, to be a part of the city. Like we wanted to be a part of it. Like we didn't just want to be operating, you know, we didn't want to kind of be these outside on the fringe, you know, hiding. We wanted to be involved. We wanted to go through the process of like, all right, well, if it takes a permit, what do we got to do for a permit? You know, go through, make everything... Uh, Legit, um, yeah. Exactly. And it's a real relationship, that We're a trusting relationship. And so the city of Dural finds itself in a point where it's growing. It's it's an affluent city. It's it's a very clean city. It's got good schools. you got all these great things, all these great qualities. They've invested in parks. But it's not a place that necessarily has a ton of cultural programming. they've started having like uh, if you will, family programming, but what what we refer to as cultural programming, you know like the level and the and the depth of work, the car- conversations that we had, the kind of works that we present, that has been kind of you know a void there for a while. And so we started to kind of introduce that to them like say, this is what we want to bring. when we talk about art, we're talking about this and this is the conversation we want to have. And they were they were very, very receptive from the beginning. And I think because it happened to be good timing and it happened to be a need for both, Like if I, to be honest, you know. Um, and so much so that when we moved from the galleries where we were into where we are now, which is where we had the festival, um, and that was kind of like our, our art basso event, right, that you're mentioning. Um, and actually, when you mention Eddie's work, I'll tell you that the industry, it was... It stood out. It was fantastic. And we had, I mean, I don't know how many hundreds of people showed up that night, but I know for a fact some people showed up because they drove by and they saw all the, all the chaos and commotion we were causing. And I know that because I talked to them, you know, and, and some of them were like young couples that were like, oh, we're actually going to go visit a friend, but is this happening? Is this like the first time? Are you Are going to do this every time? I, did, I didn't know this was happening. So it's its kind of like you reach by, by proximity you can reach people, right? And we just happen to be able to reach a mass audience with that because of location. But we wouldn't have it to been done it without the support of the city and the business district. Because where we are, it's a Goldman property. It's a Cadena property. Um, and the city of Doral is working very closely with the business owners, the real estate developers, to redevelop the area in the back. And the area in the back right now where we are, and I say the back is I'm sorry, I was kind of talking like visually. <laughs> more, but. We're in downtown Doral. Let's put it that way. We're off of 58th Street, right? And downtown Doral has a big park. There's all these apartments and townhouses. And there's kind of like a shopping area, dining area, right? And then just a little bit, like, like just from 54th to 58th, is these industrial spaces, which are, of course, like candy, right? They're perfect, right? For us, they're perfect. And the idea is to... You know, adapt them to turn them into restaurants, into dining, like things that the residents can now literally walk to and, and use, and attract art galleries, attract you know architects, designers, everything, and of course, place the museum in that space. And so we will be part of that cultural,
1: you so know, larger. component.
2: And so that is a positive because we help. Like we, it, it's funny how it, how it kind of plays out. Like you have to have this great relationship with everybody yeah. and everybody has to be on the same page. And and so far we are, like, this is where we're at, you know? Like everything, you know, comes down to dollars and feasibility and, you know, what makes sense for everybody. Um, so it's it's a slow process, but we know we have the support of them and we just kind of have to find the right fit. You know, we have an eye on a couple of buildings that are back there. I'm not gonna lie to you, one of them is magnificent. I, like, it's a dream. We, um,
1: dream
2: big, it out
1: into the universe
2: and the yeah, universe is fun. That's what we, we want. But, you know, it, everything, everything has to make sense for everybody, you know, <laughs> because um, like you mentioned, how did they come and support us? It's because you know, you can say we want a museum, right? And that's good for us. That makes sense for us. But how does that make sense to the residents? Well, you got to make programming that will attract the residents it will serve the residents so that way it's not just our I'm own excited. small little dream yeah oh. you know so so that's that's how it worked out that's they've been very very supportive
0: but the goal definitely is to have like a museum in a more traditional sense To to have a building to have like Absolutely. you said you're 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 not planning to have like a, a collection like that's cool. not part of that vision but definitely a building like a a more traditional building is is a vision and then but run it more like as a kunsthalle as you said where you would have rotating exhibitions or like absolutely Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm.
2: yeah because also i think there's two things about it one it's it's a cost-effective model especially as as a young institution you know the um and you know from being in museums working in museums that you know the building is massive it's beautiful but easily half of it is storage HVAC security like all these components that you have to have um, you know for for upkeeping the work for condition reports for re- receiving all these things then, that you need and so rather than you know having a large part of the building be con- be converted into storage and then how do we maintain the collection and acquire collection and so forth well let's 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 have exhibition spaces let's have a place where Young curators and young artists can come and and play,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and let's say, okay, here, here's this this experimental room. Go tear it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Go get to, get to work, you know. Have fun,
0: <laughs> make something so.
1: happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I think that
0: is also like the the spark that I already saw when when you had this first show. That it it is just also like this, um, you know, the proximity to to like the the more industrial like thinking or it opens up a lot of possibilities for artists as well like you said you could invite artists to really work with different you know even like the the tile place or you know like our concrete places where where you have like a space but also like the the materials for potentially really incredible commissions or like uh, installations or so it's it it's kind of yeah so i i kind of love that Mm-hmm. you know the surroundings of actually could inspire yeah yeah in, in, like this, in, this in more industrial feel work. to it mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. And, um, you know mm-hmm. I, and you know like and you hear it right like it's kind of like you can tell my my sculpture background that's I what love i wanted i, I wanted like... to go
0: back yeah, we're to we're your sculpture let's talk that about, about sure. that <laughs> so let's talk about what where you're coming <laughs> from because i feel like that's also important <laughs> to understand where you're going mm-hmm. you're Ooh. in college you're in studying sculpture Ooh. take us there why well
2: well let's see what do did you do
0: as a sculptor like what was your material your subject matter <laughs> your like
2: right. passion well you know space and just kind of forms right like um It sounds really funny, but even architecture—my thinking was Mm -hmm. architecture—and well, confession—I actually began studying architecture for a little while and quickly realized that, you know, it's kind of like a gene, like a like I can I love it, I am passionate about it, and and it still influences me. But I'm not an architect, you know, like, and I don't mean that in a kind of like demeaning kind of way myself. But it's just you have. There's certain things that you're makeup, right? And and the way I think of it and the things I was fascinated with were really about these forms and shapes and not really thinking about a of functional, the functionality of a building and how a building can transform, you know, the life of someone, how it's used and you know. So definitely definitely my, my mind was somewhere else and quickly my professors were like, get out of here, you know, like this isn't for you, man. You know. Um, but my so you can understand my background. Um, I kind of have to make this a long story, but so I grew up in the arts, right? My father's an artist. My mom was in music and in theater.
0: In Miami? Was it in Miami? No,
2: no, no. Well, I grew up here because we moved here, but I was born in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and my father was born in Honduras and my mom was born in Salvador. And it's kind of a running joke that we're kind of this invasive species that we, we have kind of move, marry, pop off kids, and then we move somewhere else. So I have family, like, literally everywhere, like, Australia, all across the U.S., Mexico, Central, South America, like, you name it. Like, somebody could pop out, and if they tell me they're my cousin, they probably are. They probably are my cousin, you know? Um, and so because of that, you know, there was a time where, and I think this is kind of like the immigrant story, right, that um, you have to move because of conflict. And my father is one of the more... Revered artist in Central America, and like he said, like a national treasure in Honduras. And uh, and my mom, like I said, was in music and theater. And uh, her family was one of the first families to like bring film. I mean, like first films, like you know, put people in the back of a the car that pick up, drive to a town, put like a like a big canvas and project project a movie kind of thing.
1: That's amazing.
2: um So that was really kind of like I was i don't want to say i was predestined but i was right so when i came here we moved here to the united states my father had already studied in boston in uh, museum of fine arts Mm -hmm. and he wanted to return to boston but like everybody else once you touch base in miami you kind of end up staying in miami and we made our life here since and i i i grew up in the arts i started i started with painting and drawing like my father's a painter I don't consider myself a painter because my father's a master painter. You know, I just kind of dabble, I push color, you know. Um, but I quickly discovered that like when I was a kid, I used to like to, I used to break all the toys to figure out how they worked,
1: right? Oh my goodness, you're you one know? of
2: those. One of those, one of those. And so growing up, of course, I became the kind of person that makes things, right? Because I'm fascinated by it. And I understand the world tactically. Like, I understand it by touching it, which... What well, you mentioned about the performance, why why I agree with you, performance is important because it's within our space, right? Like it's this moving human sculpture. I right? I feel about it, you know. Um, and so when I when I grew up, like I said, growing up, I I always drew, painted, drawing, everything. And it came a time when I graduated that I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, like I mean? said, so I dabbled a couple of things, but ultimately I went with what I've always been at heart. as an artist, and I studied art. Um, and I studied when I went to school originally when I first started I went to Miami-Dade I studied with Robert Huff, you know Robert Teal all that generation of artists you know they were great influences for me um, and I actually went into film for a little while even though I was doing sculpture and I started I kind of took a break I went into film and that led me to work some bunch of other jobs right which are I look at now they're are kind of tools that you pick up along the way and you put them in your toolbox and when an opportunity presents itself you can re- reach in there and just here you go, I can do this too, I can, you know and all these life lessons I feel are what kind of helped me now today when I when I have to understand other artists that are working other mediums, right that aren't just sculptors or just painters like they work in other other, other kind of thinking you know um, and so I worked corporate like i did design for tv stations worked a couple things but i wasn't happy and so i ultimately decided to come back to school and when i came back to school it was the best decision i made in my life um i finished my degree i pursued sculpture i was with ralph Ralph buckley at at fiu i made a lot of great friends and ultimately ended up working there and so that's what led me to to it but I started to have um, a little bit of health issues, and it's because I discovered that something was up with my asthma, which is really rare because I was always athletic, always in shape, I mean, I boxed for years, I was, you know? But I started having kind of complications, and it forced me to step away from the work that I was doing because I was doing primarily metal work. You know, it's very dirty, it's very grungy, yes. very grueling. Yeah. And, and you know how it is, ladies, we get into that marathon, and man, we just we crank out work forever. We get in this creative euphoria, and we just crank out work, you know.
1: Regardless of the health. Yeah, um, and then yeah.
2: we crash afterwards, right? Like we we come down from that high, and we just crash. Um, but I was I was literally killing myself, and then that's what led me to take a break. But I still was was still having these conversations with my artist friends, and I was still kind of wanted to be active. And so that's what led me into the career tour aspect of it because, oh. you know, I started putting shows together, which I, I, I would have put together that. as friends, right? And I think, I think much like yourselves, you know, it's, it's a way to give back, you know? Because I think like what you, what you ladies do with this, this is fantastic because you're giving back, you know? Like,
1: you're giving back to us by being here so it's it's, an, it's the exchange yeah, that we're talking about yeah yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. But think and it's like,
1: helping educate the public about who you are and what you do
2: absolutely and also you know like like what I love about about what you do is that so not only do you give a platform for artists to be heard and creators to be heard someone like myself who's, who at this point in my life are more in the administrative part um, but somebody out there who's going to listen to the podcast might have kind of find themselves in the same situations Mm -hmm. sometimes they just kind of need to hear it and hear somebody else who's been going through it and they're like yes that's exactly it you know and it's a reaffirmation or it's an inspiration so i i love what you do because like i said i think you're you give back in a wonderful way Mm -hmm. by doing this and
1: we're so grateful yeah that you can sit with us Mm-hmm. Yeah, even digitally from afar. Um, because yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> your story is um, is hopefully one that will, like you say, it's not such a crazy idea if you have people around you that have the same crazy idea, and you get yourselves together oh, okay, and build okay. that community. Anything's possible. Yes. Um, before I ask you my final question, um, can you discuss, or if it's not secret, um, the projects that you think you might take into the digital realm going forward? Like if there's anything you guys are starting to discuss or if it hasn't been fully realized just yet?
2: Well, one that I can tell you right off the bat is it's presented a necessity for, for talks, right? And discussions so that if this happens again or continues or just the fact that now we're in this with these tools are, are are you know within our reach we can have these conversations and our emphasis because of what we do being art and industry we want to highlight the painters the sculptors you know we want to highlight the dancers but we also want to talk to the designers the architects and really talk about how they all kind of come together in a way that you know oftentimes we we feel like we're in silos, but we're not. We're all, we're all in it together, you know? Like, we're all, we're all, graphic designers are influenced by film, and film is influenced by music, and, you know, like, we're all in this together. So I think those talks are the very first thing that I said, you know what, we need, we need to support that. And I think it's important because you're not alone. Like, the first thing about it, you know, like, you you can connect. And it's amazing how many people you can reach. And I think that's one that's also feasible and doable, with, whether it's the budget and the time and the distance, you know? And maybe somebody has to get up a little earlier or later because they're on the other side of the world, but it's still doable, right? The other part of it is, um, I think just conversations about di- like digital tools, right? Like, you know, we can get into... Like, slippery slopes, because some of the things that we do um, affect the environment negatively, right? But we can also have conversations about how we can, you know, make something about it or or advance, right? So if you ask me the first things that we would put into place digitally, it would be that. Like, I said, the talks. The other part is, I was really fascinated by, I'm how to like, this geek out moment right now, okay? So I went to this conference, I don't know if you ladies attended it, but it was this digital conference that was, uh, this digital fair that was in, in Winwood. It was the first, like it had just started, and actually they had to postpone the next phase because of the coronavirus, but it was really fascinating. It was really, it was in a small little warehouse, you know, like it, but you go in and it doesn't have to be a fancy place, you know, like it's got the bones, it's got what it needs, and the work is there. And, and I found myself having these conversations about how how work is being produced digitally. So whether it's the three d printing or in this virtual realm, um, you know we're talking about the experience economy, of course. but also so this is the, 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 the moment that I was just like, this is fascinating. So I'm not an expert, but we, I got into this deep conversation about about bitcoins, right? and how I mean, um, you know, blockchain pardon me, blockchain blockchain, and how blockchain is being applied. To, to the art world, right? How they're tracking information, the market, how things are sold. And they have these these ways of tracking through, through blockchain, but also for security purposes, contracts and so forth. But what really blew my mind, right, was how digital work is now being sold pixel by pixel because you can sell it by pixel. So if you're an artist working in video, um, you can actually sell your work and let's say you have a million pixels, you know, you could sell them uh, ten dollars each, a hundred dollars each, a thousand dollars each, or sell the whole thing, right? I mean, there's just this fascinating stuff. So I think these are conversations that that are relevant, you know, that we can we should start having, um, and then they're available in the digital realm. You know, the other part is I think I think we we need to, and I also need to be better about this. Is I think we need to be more uh, more engaged through social media with with the audiences like you know we're aware that people follow us and we follow people and we have conversations but I think I think that's something you're going to definitely see us um, improve You know, we're gonna, mm-hmm. just because like I said I, I see myself having these conversations we're having conversations literally across the globe so I think it's time to really embrace that and say okay it's not just kind of like promoting and marketing it's really a platform So let's use it as a platform in a positive way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I think that'll be like the first ones. Well,
0: that's exciting. Maria, you have your final question. Okay, so you've been sitting in an imaginary rocking chair (laughs) (laughs) this whole time. And it's not just imaginary; it's also magical, <laughs> because it grants <laughs> you three wishes. Even if it's not there right now, oh. we're really meta, meta, meta right now. Um, what are your three wishes? You have to say them out loud for them to come true. These are the rules of the imaginary rocking Ooh. chair. What are your three rocking chair. three wishes?
2: I mean, we need a it little animation. Anything, right? <laughs> it, it can be anything. Anything, anything. Wishes.
0: Yeah, but well, you have to say it out loud. You have to I say mean, it out
2: loud. I, I think. I'm gonna go with all right I'm gonna go with some something about work and I'm gonna go with something really corny and hokey and lower and earth because I think it's a time also to wish something like that um, so let's start with the museum, right I think I wish for the museum to be a great success and to happen and happen soon and really change the um, the new conversations that we can have and really have a positive effect in South Florida and the world and really really be accessible to everybody. So I really want it to be everything that we envision it to be. A welcoming space that um, it's its a museum you can touch, it's a museum you can engage with and it, and it really, really comes true the way that we see it in our minds and in our hearts. So that would be the first switch. Again, starting with something selfish work-wise, you know. The second one, I think man you know the way things are going right now with the world you know not to get all mushy and everything but like I really want things to get better you know like I really wish for things to get better for all of us Uh, the environment it hurts to see what happens to the environment and to nature Um, I'd like to see people get ahead a little bit more you know Um, just a little I don't know I don't want to say a little more fairness but just a better world so, again, that's my my, my, my mushy side. And, um, wow, the third one. Let me see. Well, this is a personal one, all right? So it's something I'm planning, but I'm going to wish for it anyways because I want, I want it to happen. So my mom has always wanted to go to Morocco, right? And so, and I've been kind of figuring out how to do it. So I, I w- I'm going to wish for everything to pass and be okay so that we can i can take my mom to morocco and she can finally see it and we can have a fantastic time together
1: that's
0: so,
2: amazing yeah i'll pay for her trip everybody else they can pay their <laughs> way my sister will be- <laughs> <laughs> and you send us
0: a postcard you send postcard.
1: us a postcard a la <laughs> that would be amazing wow that's Absolutely wonderful it's been so great having you sit with us. Thank even you so I much, Christopher. Far Christopher.
2: No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. We're,
1: I love it. Oh, my goodness. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you so yes. much for checking in. Yes. Um, let's hope for an improvement in in, in the conditions and just everybody um, stay home, stay indoors, be safe. And yes. um, thank you so much, Christopher, once again, for sitting with us.
2: Um, my pleasure, ladies. I love you, ladies. I love what you do. And it's it's an absolute honor to be with you today. Thank you. You
1: keep us dreaming. It's all about the dreamers. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much. This thank is our you, first physical recording. Fingers crossed it goes okay so that we can Ooh. upload and it will be up today, tonight. It will Fingers be up to
0: later tonight. All Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.